Hello again, community, and welcome to another episode of Tradio. My name is Damo, and trade period starts tomorrow. Free agency is now up and running. There is much to talk about, but first, here again with me is Lekdog. Pleasure to be here, Damo. Very exciting stuff. Stay subscribed. If you're subscribed, leave a review, leave some comments. Say subscribe, because there's going to be a lot of things in your feed. You don't have to listen to it all. But just say, stay subscribed because we're going to be pumping out content to review everything that happens uh, in this off-season. Absolutely. And we've got another sponsor. Well, the same sponsor, but Lekdog, do you want to sell it again? Manscaped are back on board. They're going to be on board all year long. So that's why you've got content pumping out every week all through the year. No holidays for us. Michael Myers sure is scary, but the last thing you need is to be hairy this Halloween. Lucky our friends at Manscaped launched their fourth generation performance package to make sure your pumpkins get the ultimate carving experience on this spooky day. Turn your bite-sized treat into a king-sized candy and join the six million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code JOCK. That's code J-O-C-K. Make the right call this spooky season. It's trick or trim. Damo, have you ever tried to trim your balls and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Well, luckily Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure you're feeling your best in your costume. Now, we've talked about the Performance Package 4.0 in the past, but there is some new additions which we're excited to get our hands on. There is... Manscaped's newly launched Body Buffer, the 100% antibacterial body scrubber. It's just what you need to keep a fresh clean, to keep you fresh and clean this Halloween. Uh, And there is also, Damo, this one I'm excited to get my hands on. Uh, There's the Shears 2.0 nail kit. If you're looking like Wolverine and haven't cut your nails recently, be sure to look into the Shears 2.0 nail kit. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code JOCK, J-O-C-K, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code J-O-C-K at manscaped.com. Say trick or treat to your beautiful new Halloweeny with Manscaped. Definitely help them out because helping them out helps us out. Now, Dog, I've gone through and listed all the names who are linked with moves in the tr- in the trade period. And I don't see how there can be a slow start considering all the names linked to various situations. How do you feel this trade period will go? I think I think you're right. I think we saw it last year as well. Deals like that Adam Chera deal, which we sort of predicted would drag on and they were like, no, nah, we're just going to get it done. We're not going to drag it on. We're not going to make it un- hard unnecessarily. So I think we will see a bunch of deals go down early. It's going to be a busy year. We've talked about it before, Damo, that after a couple of years of COVID, a little bit of uncertainty, we're, we're now seeing players more comfortable to move and going to really long-term deals as well and locking in money while they can. So yeah, plenty of movement, plenty of re-signings. I'll quickly go through the names who are linked to moves. So I've put them in two columns. One, I've put in a column called Almost Certain and another column that's called Maybe. So in the almost certain column, you've got Isaac Rankin, Josh Dunkley, Blake Akers, Jack Bowes, Griffin Logue, Darcy Tucker, Rory Lobb, Luke Jackson, Jeremy Sharp, Josh Corbett, Jacob Hopper, Tim Taranto, Brody Grundy, 
Ollie Henry, Bobby Hill, Tanner Bruin, Billy Frampton, Tom Berry, Aaron Francis, Ben Long, Junior Rioli, Braden Fiorini, and Hunter Clark. That's a lot of names. And then in the maybe moves, so the names who are linked with moves, but nothing has actually officially come out or nothing more has been said other than a mention of this player's name. So you've got Jack Gunston, who may be traded to avoid free agency compensation mm-hmm. dilution. Adam Tomlinson, Jed Anderson, Sam Hayes, Lloyd Meek, Nick Bryan, Fisher Mackesy, Lockie Scholl, Martin Frederick, Riley Collier-Dawkins, Jack Bytel, Bradley Hill, and Harry Cunningham. That is also a lot of names, Demo. There is heaps to go through. Which of those deals do you think goes through first? I think uh, the Blake Akers deal goes through first, Demo. I think it's pretty straightforward. The club's have relatively good rapport from probably from last year. And we already know it's going to be, it looks like a future third round pick. Um, he's a Melbourne boy. He's already home, I, th- I think. So I might be speaking out of school there, but I'm pretty sure he's already home. That one will go through uh, pretty early on Monday. I would pretty. It wouldn't surprise me if Bobby Hill is also done pretty quickly as well. Seems the Giants were pretty happy to facilitate that one as quick as they could to get focused on bringing in Toby Bedford and also negotiating with Richmond for Hopper and Taranto. So I think those moves, I think the Bobby Hill move and the Blake Akers moves will probably be a few of the first moves to go down when trade period opens tomorrow. Last time we spoke, we thought we wrapped everything up and then more just kept coming. So we wondered what, what the hell is happening with Jordan Degoe. He's now signed a five-year extension at Collingwood. St. Kilda were pretty confident that they could secure him right up until the point that contract was signed, seemingly. Yes, and I'll let you on a little secret demo. That whole conversation was removed from last episode, but we did talk about it for a long time. And then between posting it or finishing the record and posting it, uh, he re-signed with Collingwood. It was interesting, though, that Channel 7 reported he'd signed an extension, deleted it, and then reported that St. Kilda was still in with a shot and he seemingly had already signed with Collingwood. So uh, very interesting, and we never will, would be very interested to see what that contract looked like. Carl Amon officially joins Hawthorne and Port Adelaide has received pick 27 as compensation. Now, like Dog, we know how you feel about compensation, but there was an article written by Ryan Daniels and he was calling for the scrapping of free agency compensation and the need to trade uncontracted players and he said something that probably sums it up so he says so he currently works for channel 7 if people don't know who Ryan Daniels is best in the business out west he says if my contract finishes at channel 7 and I was keen to switch networks I just leave the rival network doesn't need to offer seven, two flat screen TVs, two interns, and the first pick of uni graduates next year. I'm with him. I'm with him. Puts it in the most simplest of terms. Yeah. And look, our argument is never that there shouldn't be equalization within the competition. That's what the draft is for. And my argument, Damo, is never that there, there, we, there should be circumstances and it should actually be easier to trade players, is, is my argument. It should be e- easier to create player movement, but it shouldn't disadvantage the rest of the club. So I'm with you. The the compensation for Carl Amon, it's a second-round pick. It's 
I'm, the value of it was whatever. I'm actually got no issues with that. We talk about it every week. You're creating 16 losers because Hawthorne win by getting Carl Amon for free. Port Adelaide win by getting a second round pick. And then 16 other clubs are pushed down the draft order because of the decision of two other parts of the league. It's just a little bit silly. But Rhino's absolutely bang on. We've had 10 years of this now, right? This Of the, the new age player movement. And they've just never nailed it down. And they've never done it correctly. And seemingly they've never really taken a look at it as for in terms of reforming it. And sh- I, I can only assume that it's the club's pushing the the agenda but I, for compensation but it just doesn't sit right with me like i guess every every club at some stage is going to lose a player and they're worried that they'll be the first to not get compensation but at some like you just say in two years time we're not doing it anymore and that solves the problem in my eyes some news at west coast um this is our fault jack redden has retired Lechdog gave him the kiss of death by saying that he was unsigned and he thought he could go on. Uh, and he's one of my favourite players, which is the at West Coast. It's just, it's it's very frustrating. Uh, Patrick Nash has been delisted. I thought he did quite well early on in the season. So this one is a little surprising. Yeah, I was a little surprised by it. I, I thought he would have shown enough in a year where they didn't have a lot of um, shining lights to to stay on the list. And moving back into the free agency space, Jaden Hunt is set to sign a three-year deal at West Coast um, as reported by Paddy Sweeney of Channel 9 Perth. So we saw this one coming a long way out. We flagged it on the last one saying that he was linked to West Coast, but there was nothing concrete tying him to the move. But now it's being reported by Channel 9, seems like he's going to get a nice little payday, a little bit more security at West Coast. And Jaden Hunt being signed to West Coast kind of makes the Patrick Nash delisting make sense a little bit. Is he there to sort of give them an outlet in defence opposite Shannon Hearn? Is that is that the intention here? Potentially. He, he might even be deployed on a wing to allow um, Liam Duggan or Tom Cole to remain in defence. I can't imagine that he's getting enough to warrant any compo triggering here, surely. If if they do, I, I can't see any being. I can't see Melbourne getting anything more than a than an end of third round selection. Yeah, and assuming they don't attract another free agent or something like that. Barry O'Connor and Lewis Taylor have both been delisted from Sydney. I was surprised Louis Taylor was still on the list. If I'm being honest with you, he won the Rising Star. He did. This is this is how much of a fall he has he has had. He won the Rising Star ahead of Bontempelli that year. Did David King have money on him as well, and he was on the voting panel. There was something weird if you go back to the news around that one. Yeah, so quite the fall for Lewis Taylor. We never saw Barry O'Connor play. I believe he might have been an academy pick for Sydney, but don't quote me on that. Um, Ollie Henry has officially requested a trade to Geelong, although his statement says if a suitable trade can be arranged, we all know that that is just the player trying to be nice. How do you feel about a player who was drafted, what, two years ago, requesting a trade to the Premiers? I I feel the same way I do about about Griffin Logue wanting to leave Fremantle despite Fremantle offering a fairly good contract. He... Fremantle only offered a decent contract late 
And it sounds like Collingwood only offered Ollie Henry a decent contract late. So goes back to our argument from the other day, doesn't it? Need longer contracts early. So it, it comes down to teams that should tell a player, we want to keep you and there will be a contract coming, but also we need to see how much you're worth throughout the year. We need to see what this preseason has done for you. Logue went to the Dockers early last year, sorry, early early in the preseason last year to request a contract extension. The Dockers said no because they didn't believe that he would be in the 22. Then this year happened with Taberner, Fife, Pierce having ankle injuries and then and COVID going through the defense group at some point where he ended up playing more games than they possibly predicted. Turned out that he was quite valuable. So they kept upping their offer, upping their offer. North Melbourne came in, swooped, and that was the offer. It looks like a similar thing happened with Ollie Henry, where Collingwood didn't really offer a contract that reflected his worth until late. And I think, and I don't want to speculate here, but I'm going to be interested to see this one because Collingwood fans say he was a first-round pick two years ago. He should be a first-round pick now. But there's no, there's just no way that that's going to happen. There's no universe where, like, I actually am of the opinion it doesn't matter where you were drafted. I know the AFL puts that into free agency calculations for some reason, but um, it's going to be very interesting to see how they value him and how much Geelong want him. What was Ollie Henry? A pick sixteen, pick eighteen, or whatever uh, it was. I give me, yeah, I'll look it up while you. I think, um, I think his value is probably a pick between twenty and thirty, but if that ends up being pick Geelong end up offering pick 18 then I think that could be about right for him he's pick 17 in the 2020 draft he played how many games has he played let me tell you he played 15 games this year he played 10 games last year a couple of unused subs he kicked oh, what did he kick 1.4 goals a game this year like he, yeah I can see them offering a pick eight actually I can't see them offering a pick 18. I, I just don't. I just don't see why they would if they've got. I. I know that's what Collingwood will want, but I just. I just don't see it myself. And he's out of contract, and for all the reasons we've discussed, I. One, I, I don't value it. One. Th- one thing we do know is Stephen Wells and Andrew Mackey are good negotiators, and they will mm. always make it so that both teams are winners. Then that then they're not the type of people that negotiate to put the other team in a, in a hole. And that was seen with the Jordan Clark trade. That was seen with the Tim Kelly trade, supposedly. So we will see how this plays out. I don't, I don't see it being a difficult trade. I see the Tanner Bruin trade to Geelong being uh, requiring far more negotiation, but I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think it's going to be either Geelong offer a future first or a future second and a future third or something just to get Ollie Henry across. I don't think it's going to be that difficult. Mm. Player manager Nick Geeshan says Francis Evans will end up at Port Adelaide. So that he'll be a delisted free agent. Yep. Yep. Um, free hit for, for Port Adelaide. You'd assume he'd only get a 12 month contract, maybe a 20 maybe a 24-month contract just to see how he goes. I didn't mind him in the games that I saw him play at Geelong. He just was the back of the queue behind a few players. Yeah, Port and Port Adelaide take flyers on, on these type of players. Um, we saw him taking Trent Dumont last year late as I think he was a delisted free agent. Um, 
yeah, they'll they'll give him a shot. They'll give him an opportunity. And as we know, they're good at playing their young players, Port Adelaide. So Hinkley's always really forthcoming with playing them and giving them opportunities. So he'll have an opportunity to play and, and all the best to him. A bit of background to this next piece of news. So Mitch Georgiati's manager had previously said that he was not on the move. And in quotes, it was not going to West Coast. The Dockers have been interested. Other clubs have been interested. And just this week, Asava Radagalia has met with Port Adelaide, as reported by Mitch Cleary. So does this mean that Mitch Georgiades is, in fact, on the move? I, I, yeah, I would. I don't know him, obviously. I, I, I find this really surprising. But there's been smoke about Georgiades for a little while now. And as they say, where there's smoke, there's fire. So it'll be one to watch. And wouldn't he be good at... Uh, West Coast. I mean, he'd be good anywhere, but he'd be great as that second fiddle behind uh, the name I'm blanking on. <laughs> Who's the tall forward that isn't Josh Kennedy? Jack Darling. Jack Darling. Oscar yeah. Allen. Oscar Allen as well. I think they've got enough talent around him to for him to establish himself there if that's where he was to go. I'm speaking with my purple glasses on, but I actually feel like maybe the Rory Lobb trade could involve a third club. Well, we did talk about send, that last week. Send, sending Mitch Georgiades to Fremantle, essentially in exchange for Rory Lobb. Well, I mean, and we spoke last week and I suggested that, yeah, maybe that maybe a third club gets involved. This could be that third club. Uh, on the Asava Radigalia piece of it, I I don't know if he's a, if he's a, at the level enough for everyone to get excited about, but it seems like these Ruckmen that do end up going to Port Adelaide don't tend to last too long. There's been quite a few that have gone over and had a crack and and disappeared. Um, but, you know, he's not getting a game at Geelong anytime soon, you wouldn't think. Jack Graham, we said he toured Port Adelaide during the week, but he's now told Richmond that he is staying. So I don't know if the conversation didn't go where he thought it was or if Richmond put something more attractive in front of him, but he's told Richmond that he's staying. So at this stage, he's not going to Port Adelaide, but anything could happen in the trade period. Players can change their mind. Of course, of course. We've seen and, that many times. <laughs> and, and, and Richmond might get to the point in the Tim Taranto-Jacob Hopper negotiations where they say, Jack, we're actually going to trade you to Port Adelaide because we need the currency to get these other players in. Well, yeah, and we've seen that, right? We've seen, uh, we saw Collingwood do it, but they just publicly shamed uh, Adam Trelaw and tried to make him quit by saying he was a little baby and couldn't live without his girlfriend. So there's different ways to do it. I don't think Richmond would go down that path, but it could happen. I'm interested, Damo, do you think, because there's been a lot of talk, question without notice, there's been a lot of talk about Port Adelaide. They've had players touring. They've had a couple of players linked to them. Is this, do you think, Hinkley pushing to maintain relevance after a disappointing year in a final year of his contract? What do you think? What do you think's driving this? It seems like there's a lot of a lot of activity over there. I feel like most of their games were won and lost in their midfield. I, f I feel like it was either it was a case of one midfield being better than the than the other when when Port Adelaide won or, or lost. And I think all of these players that they have been targeting are supposed to 
improve their midfield if they can get them. So no doubt Josh Dunkley would have been an improvement to their midfield if he if they won him over. No doubt Jack Graham would be um, a good addition to their midfield if he decides eventually that he wants to go to Port Adelaide. Who knows who they end up attracting. But I think this last year sort of showed that they that they shouldn't have sat on their hands 12 months prior 12, 12, 12 months ago um, because last trade period they didn't really do anything well they and they they were coming off minor premiers weren't they 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 were top of the ladder they were into, they, they were they, they were thinking the year ahead no they were they were in the top eight I'm pretty sure oh they were definitely in the top eight um but yeah it, yeah it's just interesting and maybe they're at a point where they couldn't when they couldn't maybe Robbie Gray retiring is opening up some stuff. Maybe, maybe you never know. We're doing speculation again. Uh, Toby Bedford has requested a trade to the Giants. He will pair nicely with Brent Daniels um, up forward. Um, I, I will mention that I think Toby Green plays midfield next year with the departures of Hopper, Taranto and Bruin. I think it will be a, Green, Cornelio, Green sort of midfield, which um, Toby Green will be cheap in Supercoach, so he might be someone that you have a look at. So Certainly one to watch. Certainly one to watch. One to watch. Out, and I was just going to shout out Toby Bedford, who played 16 games this year, but eight of them was an unused sub. So that just, that just really stings. So hopefully he can move and actually play some footy. I actually tweeted this out as well. I think that Toby Bedford and Brent Daniels, will be an underrated small forward duo in 2023 in the same way that Levi Casbolt and Marbio Chol was an underrated tall forward duo in 2022. It's true. Look, I didn't give those two much hope of uh, working together and they did. And I'm going to, I'm going to bow to you on this one. I think you're right. And Toby Bedford could also potentially be rookie priced as well. So he might be someone that we can have a look at for our super coach teams for next season once this team picker opens. Well, yeah, finished the year at 240K and then he only averaged 24.9 for the year. So he'll be cheap either way and it's just whether he'll present enough value as a small forward. But yeah, one to watch. Black Dog, do you have a fake trade to finish us off? It's an Essendon-based trade and I like most of these trades, it requires one trade to already go through. So we're going to assume that Essendon have absorbed Jack Bowes into their salary, and and it, he has come with pick seven. And this should be a simple one. This one's from Essendon Proud Lifer. It can't be any more complicated than, than last week's one. No, and it won't be. Well, that was hard to listen to. Essendon trade pick seven via Gold Coast for Mitch Georgiades and a future second rounder. What do you think? Pick seven for Mitch Georgiades and a second rounder coming back to Essendon. If I was Port Adelaide, I'd take that and run. But is he, like, pick seven, is because I reckon Georgiades is a developing tall forward who should be set to hit his prime. I've got no issues with sending pick seven for him. I feel like the second coming back is a little steep. I, if I was Port, I'd be pushing for, like, a maybe a, well, I wouldn't want to send anything back, but maybe a third. A second is a really, people... I think under undervalue second round picks because they think of it as pick 36 rather than pick 19. Yeah, I 
to be honest, I missed the future second round pick in that. I thought it was I I was acting as if it was pick seven and a future second to port for Mitch George Oh for, right, for Mitch right. Georgiades. I would do that. <laughs> That's I would hundred percent do that. Considering it's Georgiades and a future second from Port for pick seven. Yeah, you're right. I think uh, I think I would prefer. I think I would feel better if it was a future third or a future fourth. Does Georgiades fit in at Essendon? They've got Peter Wright as a recognised key forward. I'm struggling to think of what other key forwards they actually have on the uh, team. So Peter Wright is the main man, and they've got Harry Jones developing, Nick Cox developing. Jake Stringer is listed on their webpage as a key forward, even though he's really not. Um, so, I mean, I can see where he could fit. It would it would push Harry Jones down the pecking order, though, and that probably makes Harry Jones look at potentially a move. So I don't think it helps them the way that they would think it would. But I also don't think the trade is a, is a complete disaster either. No, it's... I, I this one's a relatively cro- close fake trade. I just don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think you're getting Georgiades and a second for pick seven. I just I think I think that Port would value Georgiades as a, as a first round pick, maybe a late one, and uh, sending a first and a second for pick seven is is not what I'd be doing. But it's it's not a, it's not an it's not an awful not an awful fake trade. And I know Essendon fans would be happy essentially getting Mitch Georgiades in. Well, for free, except for paying the salary of Jack Bowes and Mitch Georgiades. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's um, it would it would essentially be a, f- a free trade for them. A bit like all of North Melbourne's trades are going to be this year. That's going to be interesting to see what actually happens with those North Melbourne trades. So, as we said, trade period opens tomorrow. Free agency is already up and running. No contracts happen or deals happen over the weekend. So. No more free agency moves yet. I have some breaking news, Damo. As we record this on Sunday afternoon at five minutes to seven, Fox Footy reporting that Dundeal Richmond will land Tim Taranto on Monday, as soon as Monday, with an in-principle deal has been struck ahead of day one of the AFL trade period. The Age, okay, so this is coming via The Age. The Age reports the Giants midfielder will land at Richmond in one of the first trades on Monday morning. A source with knowledge of the discussions said that the Giants and Richmond met in Sydney on Friday and agreed to a deal Michael Gleeson writes. Uh, According to the report, the deal will see Richmond part with both picks 12 and 19 for Tim Taranto. It's expected the Tigers will receive a future later pick coming back. Um, Hopper still has another year to run on his deal with the Giants and with that contract expected to slow progress on trade talks. So it sounds like it's going to be 12 and 19 for Tim Taranto and then they'll have to work out the Hopper deal separately. This is Michael Gleeson reporting this. And that trade kind of makes sense. I think it makes the Hopper deal much, much harder though. Yeah, so just scrolling through... And this is speculation now. It's believed the Tigers will part with both pick 30 and a future first round pick next year for Hopper um, with a deal that sees Ivan Soldo heading north uh, could also happen. So basically, they're going to be giving up essentially three first round picks for two midfielders to come into this team. Which, by the way, you can do. I've seen some people confused on this demo. 
in the AFL's current rules, you have to use two first round picks in a four year period. And those picks can be in one year of that period, but it's a rolling period. So if you use two picks in year one, you'll need to use them essentially by the by the end of year three. So, But at the moment, they could pull this off. Well, there you have it. So the first trade, well, one of the first trades of the trade period is already agreed to in principle. So um, there you have it. And we'll have more trade news as trades go down over the next 10 days or so. Dog, thanks for joining again. No, thanks for having me, Damo. And for those at home, generally what we'll do is we'll wrap up a day if enough moves have happened in that day. We'll take a look at how it impacts super coach wise and we'll try not to make them too long. We'll just try and give you a little bite-sized piece of information so that you don't have to listen or read the content that we will be during the day. Thanks for having me, Demo. And we'll talk next time.